Welcome back to DC Cinematic Minute, the daily podcast in which we analyze Zack Snyder's Justice League by each individual minute. My name is Mark. You can find me on all social media at Mark Meadows. And my name is Nathan. You can find me on all social media at NoClutchNate. And today we're talking about minute number 96 of Zack Snyder's Justice League. We're just going to start with Alfred asking Diana to kindly step aside a fraction and then the minutes are going to end with uh, her computer no longer working. So she's got to call uh, IT support, uh, which we'll get bat into. IT, bat IT support. <laughs> the Wayne which is Tech just, IT which is, support. Which is just Alfred. I was going to say, it's just Timmy just like hiding in like the air vents or something like that. Old Tim Drake yeah. just like popping out. Like he's in this universe, Tim Drake's just like a Smeagol-esque character just like coming, crawling out. Don't Doesn't talk about hiss. Tim like that. <laughs> Don't talk about that. No, no, we're not doing that. Not with Tim Drake. I'll do yeah, any he's like, other. He's so this in this universe, mm-hmm. Tim Drake is mm-hmm. Jonathan Lipnicki's little vampire, but like he actually dove into the little vampire shtick, and like he's like a real, just like goblin kid, pale. Just crawling around the Batcave, huh? They both know he's there, Batman and Alfred. They just are like, yeah, whatever. I mean, like, psh, what you get for taking a kid off the streets, am I right? I hate this interpretation <laughs> of the character. I, I'm, I'm against it. <laughs> that's what you get. That's what, that's what you get when you get, when you, when you, when you, when you get Tim Drake, huh? He gets, he got bumped because of Damien. I like when he does the IT support for LexCorp. I thought I think that was one of the coolest kind of like when and we talk about it often where you place a character in a profession that kind of reflects their superhero persona. And obviously we do it with Wonder Woman where she works in the antiquities as a curator. And mm-hmm. Tim Drake doing kind of like IT support or whatever he really does at LexCorp. Like being in that infrastructure, I was like, "Yeah, that's the perfect place for such a character," and I always loved that sense. about him. Yeah, it, makes it, sense. it was a really cool. I mean, call. like him and Barbara are probably just like spearheading Geek Squad in this universe, right? <laughs> that's the new Teen Titans called Geek Squad. It's all the tech ones. It's like not. I mean, I wonder if there was like a like someone on like in like dc comics or someone on a board and when they came out with geek squad they were just like dang it that was that was a title we were going to (laughs) use it's a really good one it's well they'll figure it out yeah i wonder what other what other names they had besides teen titans before they landed on it like what else was george perez like "Mm, maybe we should call it something else um nerd nest they live in a big n or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> they, <laughs> all the different letters, the different letter just, towers. It's yeah. You just got to go down the list of which. What's the best letter uh, that you could live in a in a building? Yeah, probably like, like you just F. drive by the city. It says the whole alphabet. All the different teams have their own L or like letter tower and stuff like that so how about that let's do that's kind of a cool like sci-fi cityscape it's just like some weird dystopian future where just the buildings are the shapes of letters and roman numerals this is cool this is a good idea i'm running with this that I wish sucks I could draw. for like the people who actually live there like some some like out of touch uh yeah. city plan you got to pay it's more for like, like the higher numbers 
Yeah, and they're just like the more intricate letters, more exotic letters. Like, geez, you can't even afford to live in an apartment in like X. I mean, can you can you imagine? Yeah, everyone wants to live in X. Everybody wants to live in X. They're all sweets. Yeah, <laughs> sweets spelled with an X in the beginning. Every uh, yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk about today's minute. So this minute is uh, just more Alfred, Diana moments. Uh, we've been talking about it since last week and or the week before, before we took a nice little break for ourselves, for our own health. And this one is dealing with the gauntlet that Alfred has explained to Diana that um, he's got this Kryptonian rifle. He's testing out the ability for this gauntlet that Batman's going to be wearing on his new, new layer of armor that it will take in energy and dissipate it. You sh- you're shaking your head here, Nate? You-, you disagreeing with me? No, I'm not disagreeing with you. Um, I was really thinking that you were going to, to touch on the fact that it's, uh, it's an, they're using the Kryptonian weapon for just energy. I, for the longest time, and when you were telling me that it was like that they're incorporating like pieces of the scout ship, whatever metal, to like, you know, make the armor and stuff like that. I'm thinking like, okay, Batman's obviously making armor to protect against like the certain ability of Superman or a Kryptonian, i.e. laser beams. So I was always thinking that the gauntlets were just specifically supposed to absorb laser beams or just anything Kryptonian really. And not just like this weapon is just a high powerful source of energy. It's just an energy absorber. Does that yeah, make sense? That's, I thought it was no, more no, specific. I thought it was going to be, well, it is and it isn't. Yeah. Specific. Because on a broad term, it is meant to be able to withstand the, you know, the various alien technologies, not just Kryptonian, but Apocalyptin and so forth. And what I had thought was that they were going to start using Kryptonian technology on the suit to protect him um and no they just have the rifle just to test it out and it does what it needs to it it showcases the armor's ability to absorb and dissipate that energy and i think it's interesting for this movie that they do show that whereas in dawn of justice they kind of show the new layer of armor being built the uh, armored bat suit that he wears to fight Superman, but they never really showcase its abilities. And I guess it doesn't have any because when we look at that movie versus this one, and we see like the evolution of his bat suits, we talked a little bit about how this one is the kind of like the Venn diagram, uh, uh, the, the amalgamation of his classic bat suit and his armored bat suit. And then this one is kind of like, it's the classic bat suit with enhanced armor pieces that strap onto it. And that first one that, or rather that armored bat suit, it's just like thick metal plating. Like there's no real science behind it other than the fact that he has to have basically a tank on him and just withstand something, but he doesn't understand the full abilities of Superman. He's just thinking, I got to wrap myself up in a tin can and, and hope, hope I can give him a good stab. 
and relying on the Kryptonian, um, the Kryptonian, uh, the Kryptonite grenades and also the lead grenades really, you know, depending on that grenade launcher that he builds and modifies and then having the spear and having the, the armored suit, there's really nothing that he's planned to, 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 to do what he's doing here, which is like, I got to be able to take in this energy and dissipate it. And these are aliens that are going to be shooting at me with ray guns and all these different things. So he's like, I have to, I have to start preparing the suit for that kind of exposure. And sure. Maybe he's also doing this because of his nightmare. Maybe he's thinking, still thinking about protecting himself from Superman rather than the aliens. But, um, I like that this movie is constantly showing us the importance of that suit instead of just being like, okay, new movie, new Batman, like new bat suit. All right, yeah. let's go. It's like, show us what the action figure can do so that when I go buy it, I know what it does. Like the scuba Batman, finally seeing it in <laughs> suicide squad and being like, look there, he's using it. There it yeah. is in the works, you know? So I always love seeing stuff wrong. like this. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's always um, we talked about this. I think last week with uh, the 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 focus on the suit up process in DC versus you know Marvel stuff now, and and it does get taken away when you add all a bunch of CGI and whatnot to it. At least with this here, I still have questions of like, well, what exactly was the armor plating? I'm still like, were they actual pieces of the scout ship? Or it's like, no, he just like put a bunch of like EKGs behind the plating. So it just absorbs that. Um, But the fact that it still leaves me with those kind of questions and not just like, okay, cool. Tony Stark built him a new metal suit, you know? Oh, cool. It's got, it's got spider legs on it. I guess he could breathe in space now, you know? But it's things like that where it's like this still this suit up process is still very uh, excellent, you know. It's it's nice because you have two characters who are not Batman explaining what the suit is going to do later on in the movie, and having just one piece in there, like on the table, them testing it out, it makes it more of a focus on the suit than a focus on Batman. Like, if Batman was like, oh, yeah, you know, I put this or that on the suit, and now I can do whatever, blah, blah, blah. Then we kind of just take it as an overall, like, okay, Batman has an alien bat suit, or a Xeno bat suit that he can wear into battle. Whereas this is like, it's just the gauntlet that we're testing out. We're just focusing on this. Could the rest of his body take the damage? Probably because if we look at the suit, it also has armor padding all the way around it. Um, when we get to the resurrection of Superman at Heroes Park, we'll see that it's the classic bat suit still, but he has the plating on on the van braces only. Then when we get to the Battle of Pajornov, the whole suit is covered in that armor plating, so which then we can go, okay, it worked. That meant they can replicate the rest of the suit. Um, it's just something that for the little details that are, you get to appreciate the suit. I remember being like 
really upset that they changed the suit from the Dawn of Justice one to this Justice League one, especially when I saw the other version four years ago. I was always kind of upset with why did they change the cow? Why are they putting like goggles and armor pieces on it? None of it made any sense. It looked really weird. His ears looked really pinched to back. Um, And none of it looked good, especially having Ben Affleck, who was completely out of shape for the reshoots, like come in and, and just like not having that complexion that he had for the character when he was really into the character and just limping through the whole thing. It was like just not a good sell for the character. And that's what these movies are overall, right? Like at the end of the day, it's Warner Brothers selling you merchandise no. like buy well, well no it's not it's it's well yes and no yes they are selling you the t-shirts and the things that still say you know that still have the batman and the superman symbol on it but our buddy mike was talking about this is that they have yet to have and never have had a face you know they tried superman you just say dean kane and that's the worst choice that you can even go for christopher reeves okay like but it's so far beyond that like the character has come decades past those iterations and no warner brothers isn't selling you who they're selling you they're just still selling you the the cowl and cape you know and the gauntlets hey guess what we guess we got gauntlets in this movie right in this minute huh i guess it is it is a little um it is a little bittersweet they're not selling you Henry Cavill Superman. The the Henry Cavill Superman, yeah. They're no longer selling selling you Ben Affleck Batman. They rarely ever put Henry Cavill Superman on marketing. You see gals, you see Ben Affleck sometimes. Gal most mostly out of out of the three of them. Because she still is their their only live action. Besides, you know, we can go back and show, you know, but um, yeah, it it is a little bittersweet now that I think about it. And even even with the DC fandom poster, like I know, there everyone that's on the newest DC fandom poster is who they're promoting for for a new release. But Wonder Woman on that poster and Superman on that poster, they're all not the DC EU version, and I get that. It's the end of an era. Yeah. It really is, um, unless they want to, you know, never say never because whatever shark jumping they want to do, stunt wise and stuff with getting actors and stuff. Like I'm on board for it. I'll see it. You know, am I going to hold it in such high regards as Dawn of Justice and Zack Snyder's Justice League? No, and throw Man of Steel in there as well. But you know, no, it's not even. I don't know these these three movies were what i wanted and it is what i got you know it's like when yeah it's the same defense that i have for the prequels you know episodes one two and three was the star wars that i grew up on and that was what you know episode three is what everything led up to so that movie is still my favorite because my whole childhood led up to that movie you know this this story of superman traversed three movies and it's what it was leading up to. It's what I bought my ticket for in the beginning for Man of Steel, and I, you know, stayed on the train, bus. 
I see. I see that you know, especially starting with Man of Steel in this trilogy, I always see it as something I didn't ask for. It's like I didn't. It's not the DC movies I wanted. But back then, I didn't know what I wanted. And then when I saw these movies, I was, you know, at first I was like, I don't know if I like that. But then the more I started to watch it, the more I came across, the more I was like, this is a very phenomenal, you know, story being told about these DC characters in a way that I never would have imagined me wanting. And I think that's the biggest barrier for people to cross is sometimes people go, it's not the movie I wanted to see. That movie's awful because it's not the Batman and Superman that I know and love and I grew up with and yada, yada, yada. And they should make a movie about this. Like, it's so easy for them to make a movie about this. And it's like, no, it's not. It's never yeah. that easy. <clears throat> you, there's even, even with movies that come out now, The Suicide Squad, for example, there's so many people who are like, I don't know why they did this with the character. It would have been so much easier if, you know, the character did this or it would have been nice to see this character do A and B or C in the movie. And it's like, no, that's not how any of this works. You can't just easily retcon something in the movie to make it work. That's not how For it's so complex. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're, that's you're where coming fanfic up, comes in. Yeah, you're typing in 30 seconds on a comment on a Facebook post to fix a movie, quote unquote, that took, two and a half years to produce and put together and orchestrate. Like you're out of your, you're out of your mind. And then they could, they go in with some like quick, quick judgment of, Oh, this movie's garbage. Oh, this movie's d- dumpster fire. It's like, you have no idea. You have no idea. Uh, and so like with that in mind, it's like I come to these movies and I never liked these from the beginning. I never said like these movies should be, you know, the end all be all of how DC movies should go. It's just like, no, this is just a really good story that, that came to be. And it's like, yes, I want to see it continue because I've been won over by how great the design work of the designer has done. It's like, that's what's beautiful about not only this, but also like anything that happens in any great, I, I guess I'll say comic book movie. Like any great comic book movie, even even James Gunn's Suicide Squad movie. When I see it, I just go, yeah, I just know that it works. I know everything that the, that he was trying to do, he landed because he got to go do it. And so by the designer, it is a good design. Whether it's your preference or not, that's the, that becomes other question. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's that's what's so great about this. And what happens here in this minute between Gal and Alfred is something that you know, you just want to see. And it's something you never really think about seeing. Having Gal as Diana talking to Alfred about this suit. Everyone's had their own imagination of of these small little interactable things, but no one's ever done it the way that this movie has done it with two characters from the DC universe that hardly ever get to interact. And we've even reached a period now where Gal gets to just be herself, which we've seen in Wonder Woman 1984. But the Gal Gadot that we saw playing Diana in Dawn of Justice, where she is here in this minute, where she's saying, you should also make a lasso for him in black, of course. And it's like, that's just Gal being Gal. 
as Diana to Alfred, which is Jeremy Irons. And it's like, we could never get to this point without Dawn of Justice and, and this whole celebration of who Gal has become as, as a Wonder Woman. It's like, when you get to that moment, it's like, that's, that's Gal Gadot. We've come here to see her. We've come here to see Jeremy Irons, who's Alfred, I quote so many times. Everything he says is so quotable, even outside, you know, saying things like not to be sneezed at. Mm -hmm. I say that now because it's such a good quippy line from him that I would love to use that as a as a (laughs) as a meter, a measurement of how to describe something, you know, everything he says, you know, and not for lack of trying that those just the way he he delivers those lines. And I can't tell if it's something he's worked with Chris Terry on, on, on how to, you know, dish out, deliver to the film. I'm sure. But it's like... I'm sure it's, it's it just comes like, from Shakespearean as well, you know? The man's an it's, actor. It's so good. It's excellent. It's such a good bit that happens um, here. We were talking about, uh, you mentioned before how it's... Uh, Wonder Woman and Alfred discussing the bat suit without Batman there, and I think what's key in that is um, the line from Diana. I mean, even from both of them, when they're, you know, Alfred says, "Oh, it's Master Bruce's idea, Master Wayne's idea." It's like, "Oh yeah, totally, it's his idea for him to have gauntlets that like absorb energy." Diana knowing full well, it's like, "Dude, those are like mine." Like, yeah, <laughs> and like still, it's 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 good to to have them talking about batman without batman and it just shows like the pretentiousness in the wonder bat relationship um i don't know it's just a little little fun little jab yeah it it really is like someone coming up with like multiple ideas of how to go about making these scenes work and then just not being the first idea like it would have to be through multiple iterations of writing the screenplay where you're just like, this would be a nice way of having to explain what's going to happen. And just like, we'll do a scene, you know, um, you know, I have this interaction in my mind of Wonder Woman and Alfred, no Batman, but just the two of them talking about Batman because we want to have a conversation about Batman, but not necessarily having him always there to explain something to the audience. So we'll have the two characters who are close, closely related to him in proximity and we'll have gal and jeremy do do a a scene together like that's that's like good stuff that's the good stuff i want to see especially in a shared cinematic universe um also really good just costume design both characters um especially you know gal has like two helix piercings on on like her left ear and I never really see Gal or Diana Prince with, with the earrings, but it looked really, really nice. Um, just the whole aesthetic of, of this scene. Um, and, like, the, the straps, the suspenders, like, both of them, the way they're dressed, it's just, like, really tight. Just looks really clean as far as costume design. Michael Wilkinson does such a great job with these characters, always making them look like superheroes outside the costume. Um and then besides that, it's just like she sits over by the computer. This kind of starts our our next scene where Cyborg is going to start to get introduced to the Justice League. And so she sits down by the back computer and 
she kind of does like a, a name check for Victor Stone. I guess every Victor Stone known to man on, on the census, basically. And a couple of things I noticed here. One is um, there's a Wayne Tech symbol. And I'm not sure. I have to guess that this is the Wayne Aerospace symbol, not the classic Wayne Enterprises symbol because we know what the Wayne Enterprises symbol looks like. It's mm-hmm. the big With the serif W. Well, not even that one, but that might actually be the Wayne Tech one. But I'm thinking of like on the business card, like his business card and his credit card. Yeah. We used to see There's like that, that wide W. Class, yeah, that classic Times New Roman serif W that's really tall. And that one is for Wayne Enterprises. But this one here that almost looks like the bat wing itself has to be the Wayne Aerospace logo because I've never seen something that looks like that. And it, it definitely looks like a, a spaceship a jet. or the Batwing. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So I thought that was a really cool uh, little design that happens there. And then uh, we see Alfred finishing the tea that uh, Wonder Woman had started, and he kind of pours it from... A height so that it kind of froths and aerates. I was, th- I thought that was a nice little touch for him to kind of finish on how to pour the tea. So I thought that was really neat as far as a quick little um, bit of humor from him. Um, and then the other final note I had about this was when the computer starts to freak out and get basically hacked by a cyborg. Um, there's this cool little sound design that's happening. And I don't know if it's supposed to be a reference to this one video game. I'm sure a lot of people have played it. It's called Cyberpunk 2077. But the map UI, the little blips and beeps that happen when you interact with the menu in that game is very similar to the way that the sound design happens in this minute where the computer starts to get taken over. There's a bit of a map uh, in the background, and it starts to flicker and change and start to kind of locate where Victor wants to show Diana where to go. And the sound design is very similar in that same kind of fashion. And it almost sounds like the same sound mixing is being used, and it's one of those times where, similar to GLaDOS, her voice being used in Pacific Rim, it almost sounds like, okay, this is a hit video game at the time for cyber stuff to be happening. We're just going to use those sound bites and, and mix in that and kind of like hit on that familiarity and like kind of draw people in and be like, oh, yeah, this, this is the classic cyberpunk hacking noises that you normally hear. I'm curious it's really interesting. if the sound bit for this is from the same thing that the sound bit from where later, I think in tomorrow's minute when the symbol actually shows up to where to meet where cyborg, it's got that boom, 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 like noise. And that's like an old Batman radar sound, right? That's gotta be, Mm -hmm. I wonder if it's just the same, like they took it from sixties Batman bat computer or something of the nature. And it was like, okay, we're just going to use that term, or even like something 1980s Batman, where they were just like, oh, yeah, totally. This is like the 1980s type Batman. We're just going to pull sounds and and foley from that cartoon, be it, or, or what have you. Um, yeah, it's very, very curious. But like when you were mentioning the sound of the map being brought up, like the actual 
distorting of the computer, it made me think of the more prominent sound cue that I get. I think we get in tomorrow's minute. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think one of the franchises that does that the best where they kind of reuse sound bites in a way that's not, it's not too on the nose, but it's the legendary monster verse, obviously like the four Godzilla and Kong films that have come out. But, uh, especially in Godzilla King of the Monsters, they do a lot of throwing in those classic Toho, uh, Foley work for, the monsters and such in a way that's not like retconning or, you know, stepping over what's already been done for that shared universe. But they're like, Oh, Hey, you know, um, Ghidorah is somewhere off in the distance and we're going to need that old sound bite of what it used to sound like when that monster used to fly around. So they layer that in into the sound mixing and put that in the background almost. And you can hear it if you listen for it, which is a nice touch, but it's not, you know, overbearing in the least. So um, it, it's stuff like that that I've always enjoyed. So, yeah, if it, if it were to be, you know, we're taking, you know, the 66 Adam West Batman back computer beeps and boops and just kind of like lightly sound mixing it in. Uh, that's that's a really cool stuff. And, and to bring Star Wars again, like Star Wars does that, too, um, with, you know, uh, what's the name? Matt Woods, voice of Grievous, and Ben Burt. When they do sound mixing, they take in all those jet engine noises and uh, sounds from like Flash Gordon and and feed them into the technology to kind of bring it back to that age of the fifties uh, space television and and stuff like that. So, yeah, I I'm totally on board for that. Um, but with that being said, let's go ahead and wrap up for today. If you guys enjoyed everything you heard, you can find us on all social media at DCEU Minute and the Facebook group, the DC Cinematic Minute Listener Society, where you can join us to talk about today's minute or any minutes you guys are catching up on. We'll catch you guys tomorrow for minute number 97 of Zack Snyder's Justice League.